Mike Hill with Empowering Others Through God's Word. My life has been changed, renewed, challenged, and encouraged by the power of God's love letter, the Bible. It has the answers to my deepest longings. I want you to experience this wonderful transformation too as we go deeper into the written word of God. Welcome to season three of Empowering Others Through God's Word. The first five podcasts will focus on biblical Esther and some very practical truths from this historical narrative. The following five podcasts will focus on what scripture reveals about suffering, a very timely topic as we navigate life in our troubled world. Don't miss a single episode. Let's tune in now to today's podcast. Welcome to today's Empowering Others Through God's Word podcast. I'm excited to have my good friend and co-worker, Margaret Gibb, founder and director of Women Together. And Margaret, welcome. Oh, well, welcome for me. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here today. I'm actually very delighted that we can do this together and uh, talk about the book of Esther and the phenomenal character and woman that she was. Yes, absolutely. And Margaret, as we're starting, I just want our listeners to know you and I have covered a lot of territory together in ministry. <laughs> we have a lot of history. And uh, and so it's especially uh, an important day for me to share this podcast with you. And when we started this series on Esther, I recorded last September 2022 with Ellen Cron, a good ministry partner for both Margaret and me. And uh, we were going to do four podcasts, but as we finished the fourth one, we knew that we needed to do a wrap up. Well, before we did the wrap up, our wonderful friend, Ellen Cron, passed away and went to be with the Lord April 18th of 2023. Margaret, let's just take a moment to honor our good friend, Ellen Cron. Yes, yes. I um, I just want to add, Ruth, here that she was a phenomenal leader, a wonderful woman, uh, a faithful friend. She had perception in the word of God that I envied in a good envy, like, wow, she knows the word. And Ruth, you and I were both there one of the last days that she was on earth. Yeah. It will forever be a memory for us, and we honor her today. We do. This is a special tribute to Ellen as we begin this wrap-up that really I planned to do with Ellen, but there is no one else that I could think of that could do a wrap-up as you could, Margaret. And uh, in honor of, of Ellen... We do this wrap up. Now, if you have not listened to the, the uh, four podcasts, you can go to my website and under podcast, you can just go in there and find them. She has covered a lot of great topics on the book of Esther, starting with the mystery of God's choosing, then the essentials of divine appointment, two sessions on that. And then the last one, the power to fulfill your purpose. And this biblical Esther has so much to teach us. So much that we can glean from her because she did not have an easy life, as you will hear in the earlier podcast. If you're not familiar with that story, she certainly knew what it was to have loss. And uh, and as she goes into the palace, she has more loss. And so, Margaret, thank you for joining me on this wrap-up. And as you already said, Esther has so much to teach us 
Let's dive right in. What is the first thing that comes to your mind that you'd like to pass on to our listeners as something that they could glean from her life? Well, the first thing is um, the mystery of God in how he chose Esther because her losses in her life were great. She was just an ordinary girl that lived in the country, ran the wheat fields, was uh, cared for by her uncle, cousin, Mordecai. And um, she's chosen because of beauty. That's it. Yeah. And she comes into a pagan culture a pagan court, a corrupt court. And what's interesting to me is we don't know how she felt. We don't know. There's very little about how she felt in those opening verses. But we learn that living life does not depend on feeling, but by character and who we really are. And what shines through in Esther's story is her character, not her feelings. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing. Can I add a number two, a quickly, another one? Oh, yes, sure, sure. So when she arrives in the palace, these girls are all brought in. They're all beautiful women. And the thought that came to me, like every place in life is, we've never been there before. No matter, like I've just gone through a season. I've never been here before. I had to walk through a difficult season. It's one thing to arrive at an unknown place, even in life. And quite another to enter into it. Even though she was chosen for her beauty, she did not know what would unfold in the days ahead. The next thing was the beauty treatments. But she did not know what what would unfold ahead. So in that new place that she'd never been before, she had to observe. she She saw. She listened and heard. She would ponder and learn how to be there with character and integrity. Not get carried up with the fluff of the beauty treatments and the external beauty, 12 months of it. There was something deeper that was happening once she entered into that place that she saw, she pondered, and she knew that whatever unfolded, it would be her character that would be in question. That's so good, Margaret. And one of the things that I I think would be very uh, valuable to point out is her beauty, as you've mentioned, was what got her there. And sometimes we can look at those beautiful women and think that they have it all together and that they don't have any needs, like they've just got it. And, uh, And this story really shows how much she needed her cousin, Uncle Mordecai. And just can you imagine being the sole the reason that she was chosen being her outside beauty. Right. That's, that's just so typical of man who judges on the outward, but doesn't know what's happening in the inward. Yeah. The shallow, the shallow part of life. Right. And of course, character, character shines through with Mordecai. Character shines through by our actions. It's not what we feel it's how we act, how we respond and character shines through for Mordecai, and character is revealed in the life of Haman. The scripture yes. doesn't hide their character. No, no. The conniving that, uh, that uh, Haman did to try to exterminate the Jews, right. it was beyond, uh, you know, comprehension to us, but it has been the story 
of the nation of Israel from time beginning. And, uh, and I love the way that you've pointed that out. So we want to, to recognize that her beauty was not the important thing. It got her there, but it was her character that took her to the end result. And I think both of you and I, Margaret, would say that we have seen beautiful women. And I'm thinking of one that Joyce Landorf talks about in her Fragrance of Beauty. Way It's an old book. But I love the story because she talks about this model. She and her mother were at this fashion show. And one model shone way beyond the others. And um, after the, the show was over, all of the models were were walking down the runway. And this one particular one that they had noted as the most beautiful, she began to uh, spew out some very negative things, even, even very um, uncouth things. Hmm. And Joyce said she lost all her beauty in that moment. That moment wow. Isn't that an incredible statement? And I think yeah. Esther is such an incredible example of one who was outwardly beautiful, but she had that balance of inner beauty. She was such a willing learner, wouldn't you say? Well, I think she had to, like, just think about it. When you enter into a new environment or a new season in life, you have to think through, how am I going to handle this? What's the best way? How can I bring glory to God? Where is God in the picture? You're trying to process that difficult. And I think she had to process that even though God's never mentioned, and we don't know what she felt like, what her processes were like, mm-hmm. uh, all we know is how she acted. And so it, she was a much, much deeper woman than her beauty. Her beauty was oh, totally catalyst that brought her in, uh, but she was very beautiful. And then the other thing that really hit me as so many times in this story is when Mordecai finally challenged her uh, in the midst of all that corruption. And he said, don't you think that because you're in the king house that you're going to be spared? Eventually it'll be found out. You too will die. And then the the um, the big phrase, uh, you are called for such a time as this. And here again, at that moment, if she would have been a weak woman, um, Ruth, she yeah. would have caved in. Well, just a second, Uncle, you've, this is a little <laughs> bit too much for me. Like, you know, even though there's corruption here, I can live with it. But no, thank God she rose to the challenge and saw a bigger picture unfolding, a God picture, than the limitations she saw for her own comfort and her own place as queen in the land. I mean, she took the biggest, biggest risk ever. She could have died. She said, if I perish, I perish. That's right. Absolutely. And we can look at her as a woman who stood on what she was being taught by her uncle or cousin, whichever he was. And uh, but she didn't, as you said, cave in. And in an earlier bo- a podcast, we talked, Ellen and I talked about some of the feelings she may have had. Scripture is not clear on that. However, let's stop and think. We are all women uh, and we know that we certainly have emotions. We get lonely. If we're plucked out of our natural environment and put into an environment such as she would, there would have been a lot of emotions because she was not with people that she knew. These were all new people, new culture, and and her only living relative that we're aware of 
was outside the gate, not able to come in right. to be with her. And so in the midst of this, and, and what happens often is women, when we're in emotional states, we make decisions that are not good. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's why we say don't make a decision when you're in an emotional state because it could possibly be the wrong decision. I think, too, that we need to remember the, the power of mentoring and how Mordecai, he uh, was very uh, steeped in his lineage. He knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he passed that on to her. And there's a passage of scripture in Psalm 78 where they were instructed, the Israelite people, to tell their children, even their unborn, the stories of their fathers. He took that very seriously to mentor yeah. this young woman right and mentoring is so um, important in life. We all need mentors. Esther needed Esther needed him. She couldn't walk this journey alone. No, no. And Margaret, I'm just going to give a little plug for women together because you do have a mentoring program. And yes, we uh, we, just give our audience the your website so that they can go and check that out. Yeah, it's women dash. Put a little dash in there women-together.org and it'll take you to our mentoring course which is starting September the 19th and six weeks on mentoring. Now will that be an ongoing will you be doing that again? Uh, well we've done it once we're doing it a second time and then we'll see we may take it internationally we'll see. Oh that's great I, I believe that there are many people that are listening right now that are longing for mentoring and it has kind of gone by the way in in many circles and uh, because in many of the places that I've been, some of the women that have great wisdom have felt that they are finished in their ministry, that no. they finished teaching Sunday school and they finished what they're going to do and somebody younger can do it. And Margaret, speak to that. No, you cannot take that attitude because, you know, experience is what you've done, but potential is what is ahead of you. And you cannot, you cannot bury your potential. That is not scriptural. Nowhere in scripture does it say when you see uh, reach a certain age, uh, quit your calling. Calling never dies. It will, it will be complete when you go to heaven. And, and, and you, <laughs> Ephesians 3.20 says it. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. There's nothing about age there. No. No, and the experience that is lost, it's such a waste to have all of this wisdom, godly wisdom, going to waste when the younger generation is longing for it. And right. not too long ago, you know, another woman, a younger woman came to me and just said, I need to talk to you. And I love that because that shows that we have purpose and that we have a place and we need each generation to interact with each other. And we see that in the book of Esther. We see Esther being very respectful of Mordecai and Mordecai being very respectful of Esther as well. It went both ways. But it was the, it was the older teaching the younger. But yes. again, I think he wanted her to hold fast to what she, who she was. She was the product of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a living God. The God that didn't fail Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or Joseph and he wanted her to know that. So he held her steady. Mentors hold us steady and accountable. And that's yeah. what Lord I did. That's wonderful. And I, I think another thing that's coming through to me as you're sharing this 
is the power of one generation passing on the stories to the next generation. And we know the early, the early biblical accounts were not written down originally. Right. They sure. were passed down orally, mm -hmm. storytelling. And how we have lost that mm -hmm. in our generation. Uh, you know, how many of my children know my history, my stories? And I just challenge any of you out there, find out how your parents survived, how your mother survived, you know, the labor of, of many children, which was more common in days gone by. And all of those things that contribute to the character that those women become. And Margaret, I was just thinking, uh, since you've recently lost your mom and some of the challenges that she had, but when you retold her stories just recently, what a powerful heritage. Let's not neglect passing this on. We see it revealed in this story, the power of passing on their heritage, the sons of Israel and their heritage on to the next generation, which was Esther. I think that for Mordecai, if I could put words into his mouth, what we're doing to both people is yeah. uh, we we're, he was basically saying, look, if Abraham made it, so will you. You know, if if uh, Moses' mother made it, so will you. And and because he knew he was steeped in that. Listen, our faith is deeper than surface. And we know the Lord. We know what he's done for us. We know how he's carried us through. My father would always say to me, God will see you through. And he would give piles of examples from his own life. And it's become my reality. God will see us through. God cannot fail in his promises. He cannot lie. His promises are guaranteed. His his protection of us is guaranteed. He cannot. The only thing God cannot cannot lie. He cannot. He no, cannot no. lie. And hold steady through those storms. Exactly. I've heard you say that, and I love that. Hold steady. But there's one thing that we haven't touched at all. Before Esther was willing to do what she was challenged to do. She did call a prayer meeting. She did. And I think that we might miss that as we wrap this story up. Let's not miss it, Margaret. You've been a prayer warrior for years. And I remember earlier in your, your ministry that you had a, a Canadian prayer team. Tell us a little bit about the importance of prayer when we're facing challenging times. Well, prayer is as important as breathing. You can't live if you don't breathe. And prayer, you know, and I'm not saying it has to be on your knees. I mean, that's kind of the older way of doing it, but, and people still do, but I'm saying you've got to, you've got to develop in your life a prayer uh, lifestyle. So I don't pray just once a day. Today I was out on the road and I'm praying and thanking God for everything. I'm I'm recounting, I'm, recount, I'm asking him to do things in the future. Prayer should be just automatic, just like breathing. Prayer should be that automatic. Yeah. And, and we know that God answers prayer. Uh, we have to give him time and we have to give him time to put things in place and people in place. But he does answer prayer. You, you, cannot, you cannot live a Christian life without prayer. Yeah, yeah. And so but we have to ask too, don't we? We have to ask. Be willing to ask God and and claim his promises and ask for those promises to be fulfilled. I think of the time when God was not going to go with Moses because of the stiff-necked people that he was leading. 
And uh, and eventually Moses said, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I won't go if you won't go with me. Exactly. He knew that he couldn't go without God's leading. And then skipping down a few verses after Moses says that, God says, I will do for you what you have asked. Right. I will go with you. God changed that d- direction. I don't right. believe he changed his mind. I believe he was responding to Moses asking. And we're told to ask. But how often do we really ask for the big things? Ask big. Esther asked big. She let others join in with her in this, this journey. And that's so important, having that friendship, having that core group of people that pray with you for God to answer. Margaret, as we wrap up today, what are your last words for our listeners today? Your last words from this wonderful book of Esther. I would just say that we can take a lot of um, a lot of comfort and truth from Esther's story. And that is we never know where God's going to lead us, but we do know that when we're in a new place, God will develop us. He will teach us. He will shape us. He will take us through the challenges to victory on the other end. If someone would have said to Esther, you're going to be chosen to live in the palace, but you're going to save a nation, she would have said, I can't believe it. It's not going to happen. But it did. But it did. God is true to his promises. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will fulfill what he's ordained for our lives. And all of that, my friends, will always be a mystery. Why did he choose me? Why did he choose Ruth? Why did he choose Esther? It's always a mystery to us. That makes God even greater in my eyes that he would choose yes. us. Ordinary, ordinary women. Ordinary, ordinary women. women. Yes. Yeah. That just want to follow his call. That's our heart's desire. And, you know, for those of you that are listening today, you've heard a lot over the last five podcasts, but you were born for such a time as this, just like Esther. And you can have the fullest life possible as you follow those principles that Esther laid out for us and then listening to that wise person who is in her life. And there's, if you haven't got a wise person in your life, find one yes. because they are out there. Wouldn't you agree, Margaret? Oh, for sure. For sure. You can't That's do it the alone. mentoring. Yeah, we aren't meant to do it alone. Uh, I always think that, you know, Jesus talks about being uh, that we are the, his body and the body has many parts and we all need each other to make this work properly. So I pray that you have enjoyed the podcast today, the wrap up time, and please do go back and listen to everyone and share them with your friends. Everyone today needs the hope that you have heard in this story. It's a broken world that we're living in. And so we invite you to go back. I ask you to too, to check out women-together.org. There's so much on there that you can learn. You can be involved as well. And so I encourage you to do that. Our next podcasts are going to be five podcasts with Cindy Desjardins-Wilkins, and we are going to be starting a series following this wrap-up on suffering. You won't want to miss. Until next time, thank you for being with us, and bye for now. God bless you. I'm so glad you tuned in today. My prayer is that you will continue your journey in God's Word with me. Visit our website, wordstoinspire.ca, All the previous podcasts are stored there. You can learn more about our ministry, Words to Inspire, the books available, 
The four books in the WOW series are great for group or individual study. Woman of Worth, Lifelong Empowerment from Psalm 139, Woman of the Word, a Memorizing Scripture Experience, Woman of Wisdom, Threads of Covenant Woven Through the Book of Ruth, and Woman of Worship, A Journey to the Heart of Worship. And the other book in our web, on our website is Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. All of our books from the Words to Inspire website show the power of God's Word in our lives. And that's what we want for everyone, to know the power of reading, meditating, memorizing, studying, writing, and all of the other ways that you can put God's Word into your heart and life. I'd love to hear from you. Ruth at wordstoinspire.ca Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill, empowering others through God's Word with Words to Inspire. Bye for now.